Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning. Welcome to Quiet Screams, the podcast about Halloween 2018, the direct sequel to the original Halloween from 1978. My name is Alex Vincent, and I will be joined today by Andrew. Andrew, how are you doing, bud? Good, Alex. Thanks for having me on. Hello to the listeners. Excited to do Halloween today. Oh, yeah. It should be a lot of fun. Um, This is a movie in a lot of ways that I felt maybe reinvigorated the slasher genre for modern audiences. We were doing a lot of spooky movies or spooky houses because of The Conjuring. And that seemed to be where we were at. We like spooky things. Um but so what for horrors too. Oh yeah, for sure. Um so let's talk about first your relationship with the horror genre of film. <laughs> Excellent. Um so I I think I play the role of of man who doesn't seek out horror movies. Mm. Um and is uh somewhat reluctantly brought to horror films. Um much better with the crowd, got to admit, but uh I do, I do appreciate a good horror movie, though. I don't think I seek them out. Right. I mean, it's a difficult genre to want to seek out. You have to be slightly psychotic, which I guess that's where I'm at, <laughs> um, given the range and verve of the horror movies that I watch. And I mean, all things considered, though, I think Halloween is, while gnarly, um, continues the trend of completely consumable horror. Yeah, and, and I think there's a there's a... A pretty noticeable lack of of things like jump scares uh, and sort of cheap scare tactics like that that sort of I think help make it a little more accessible. Yeah, I mean, and I think the movie does a good job teeing you up. I mean, the opening sequence is this surreal uh, mental hospital where they chain people to cement blocks in the middle of a courtyard. In the middle of a courtyard with white and red alternating squares. I mean. It's got to get the vitamin D somehow. I guess I guess you've got to. I mean, it's it's just a bizarre sequence and it feels like something out of a dream. Like if you would have told me that's from like, I don't know, Inception, I would have been like, "Okay. That makes sense, I guess." Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it also starts up the just the suspense, right? You all the mental patients start screaming, and I think that's what this movie does a good job of is keeping that suspense up. Like I don't we're going to get to this in one of the categories, but I don't think you ever really feel safe in this movie because of this scene. Yeah, there are there are only a very small handful, and, and it, for me, exactly two characters that I feel safe with yeah. throughout the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just a quick rundown of the movie itself here. Um, it was actually pretty popular in America, which I guess is to be expected so it it had an estimated budget of 10 million it grossed in the usa 159 um which is quite good for for what they put into it and grossed in the world 255 million um get a 79 on rotten tomatoes 6.5 on imdb and its metascore is currently at 67 so all things considered uh, i think everyone agrees it's just a solid movie yeah and it and like i like i mentioned before tough space for the horror genre this year i mm-hmm. mean it's hereditary quiet place bird box this movie i mean all pretty popular yeah horror flicks it's... that all come out in the same space i don't think the that year is hard to overcome especially it looks like now you know with 2020 not producing you know like two horror movies that are and, any and good movies. yeah yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that that year i think is is definitely landmark and i think that might be the year where i actually really got into horror movies i think mostly because of hereditary 
Like, I'd always watch them, but... Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about the same thing. That was probably the first year that I watched all of those sort of award-winning horror flicks, which yeah. is not typical for me. Yeah. Yeah, um, so then, obviously, Jamie Lee Curtis reprises her role. Um, and this, yeah, it's fantastic. And this movie goes out of its way to discount every Halloween movie but the original, which I think is a great move. <laughs> yeah, it's because there were what uh, almost t- ten. Oh, yeah, you know, it's too many to many, count. Yeah, so many. And I think just the the retconning of all of that was probably the best idea. Just just a fresh start. Uh, we go right into a direct sequel. Set forty years later, which is you know pretty much the best they could have done. Yeah. I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the the time jump, I think, really allows for some creative stuff, especially with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so let's let's start getting into the to the categories here. I think. Do you do you have anything else to say, or uh, maybe about the plot? I don't. I mean, I so I I've got notes throughout uh, some incredible scenes uh, all the way through the movie. Mm. Um, which we could recap a handful, but uh, I'm, I'm happy to go right to the categories. Awesome. All right. So let's uh, let's start with the thing, which, again, a reminder, is specifically what you are scared of in the movie, the single object that, you know, makes you not really want to look at the screen, makes you cringe, or maybe even makes you want to pause the movie and take a bathroom break, get a beer, get some more popcorn, spend 10 minutes in the kitchen for for nachos i mean i don't know um so obviously i would say the thing michael fucking myers yeah that was a this a pretty easy one for this for this flick here um and and i think it it poses some problems down the road that Mm -hmm. i I would love to hear your thoughts on um but it's just just no question he is the terror in the night yeah so and i actually have uh, a little a little soapbox here which i think i'm gonna have quite a lot Please. so i think instead of the only reason we even have a name is because someone decided to name him to make him seem more human right i think what we're actually scared of, scared of is anonymous killers right with some yeah. with someone who looks just human enough to be human but instead is motivated by so we something we can't fathom inscrutable evil right i mean it's part of we see you know this trope in other movies that aren't horror movies i mean you look at no country for old men right anton sugar is terrifying because he's you, why he doesn't even really look like a human with that haircut um and then several movies after copied this i mean uh friday the 13th is the most famous one right it's just really bad don't watch that original movie um it's awful and then even after even now we recently have things like uh terrifier or bone tomahawk where just like faceless humans are what we're actually scared of because they they occupy that uncanny valley occupying the space between a human humanity and evil. And right. it's something that I don't think we can justify in our, in our heads for the most part, because most of us are normal human beings. Absolutely agree. And I think that the director, uh, David Gordon Green, same guy who brought us Pineapple Express. Yeah, which is fa- um, a fantastic, <laughs> you know, yeah. filmography here. <laughs> Everyone thought that, that he would be the perfect choice to relaunch this slasher flick. Of course. Um, 
but uh, he he actually does a fantastic job with the cinematography of, of Michael, in my opinion, if, of just what you're talking about, of that sort of nameless fear, that sort of generic man, though he's a little, probably a little taller and a little broader than yeah. the average fella, but yeah. they always shoot him in such a way that he is moving throughout the background he's he's you know you can see him walk between the houses and through the windows and such it's it's not the sort of teleports behind you and and jump scare kills you right like he he is a person that just walks through and unfortunately it's (laughs) maybe this is what's scary about it this is will will be talked about in in my award uh later but it's just how sort of mundane some of it is yeah um particularly for me in the in the the actual halloween scene with all the children in the neighborhood and he's just oh. sort of wandering oh. around what a, like, i yeah i can't wait to talk about this brutal. scene you know in a later but, later uh, category yeah but he's he's always sort of just around um and you see him in the background of several shots uh they're careful not to display his whole face you mm-hmm. can sort of corners and snippets of his actual face and then obviously some great <laughs> shots of uh, the mask and peering into windows and such. Oh. Uh, i think it's really well handled the final sequence where you can finally make out his eyes yeah. in the basement is fantastic a cinematography that's something i think the movie really pulls off is how they shoot these scenes like you were talking about and you're right the i didn't notice it really the first time i watched it but he's almost always in the background when there's nothing yes. going on and it's yeah. it's 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 truly scary because like you so we at one point we get like what is like left eye looks like and what like the right side Our of his glassy? face yeah, yeah it's <clears throat> He's just standing there menacingly many times. <laughs> and it's and it's so scary. It really is. It's, yeah, it works. It really generates that never safe feeling, um, which is which again, uh, we'll talk about later. But so let's right. so I think we agree it's Michael fucking Myers. There's no yep. there's there's no argument here. Um, I don't even have a second nomination. I I, I don't is, is I there don't anything else to put forth. No, no. I mean, like I said, if you really wanted to get meta, you could say like anonymity, right? Like, yeah, that's and, interesting, right? Uh, that's if if you want to get super meta, but I don't think because he has a name and because we see him and he has a trademark mask, we all know what he looks like. I think we're safe in just saying him. So, uh, I know I know you're a fan of. of many movies in general do you think the sort of marvel-esque superhero name helps or hinders him at all oh i think it helps the 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 name is is iconic right um it's got alliteration it's got the assonance sound just enough alike it's it's uh, it's brilliantly made whoever wrote that in the original script or whoever gave him that name they need a lifetime award (laughs) it's it's fantastic agreed so the next category, which builds off of the thing, is the scream, which is specifically which scene are you the most scared? So there are scenes where they generate terror and horror and disgust. Oh, yeah. Yes. But I there's usually a specific time when you know you are afraid. Like it's when it, it first sets in, your gut settles down, and you realize you might need some tums. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I went through a whole bottle the first time. <laughs> just gotta settle the stomach a little yeah, bit yeah <laughs> um so i have three nominations but i would i'm curious to hear yours first thank you i appreciate it um so i i, I will say the first time i watched this movie uh it was the 
bus crash scene. Oh yes, was the first one where I was like, oh my god, there's there's a zero percent chance that this works out. Yeah, right? there's yep. just you know it's gonna go bad. It's just it it it, it almost literally is looking at a train wreck yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> just just coming on the wreckage and you know michael's around and of course he's escaped and god damn it um but for me on a rewatch and even after stepping away from the movie the one scene that i all that always stays with me is that halloween scene where no, it's just no. sort of a it's a it's a street like probably many of our childhood streets where you can remember going you know trick-or-treating as a child and there's there's kids and young adults and there's families just roaming around on the street and and there's a you know tall quiet you know he he's sort of mildly spooky with his body language but he obviously never speaks yeah and he's he's very robotic which aids to the like otherworldliness right and so the kids sort of react to like whoa there's a there's a kind of weird unsettling adult but nothing nothing to be alarmed at right now right they don't flee from him in terror uh and i think that's what lends the scene so much credibility is just he it's such a natural event and it makes it made me really sort of question halloween in general oh, is it a yeah. good idea for us to have all these <laughs> because he just goes into houses and kills people with household objects so yep. effortlessly and man that just the whole thing and the way it's shot where you can like i said before he just wanders between the houses and oh the back door is open let me just go in here oh there's a hammer here sorry lady but you know just uh, unbelievable it just it's it's chilling and the ease of which he executes it and you know what does he hold against these people nothing has he ever met these people in his life he just <laughs> murders two random women who happen to be home alone um yikes and uh and continues about his business it's it's unbelievable that whole scene is just right and i think it kind of speaks to the brilliance of the original setup of the original movie because halloween's a time where in our childhood i mean it was full of spooky things right but you always felt safe during halloween and you always knew there'd be a cachet of delicious prizes at the end of it that you may or may not hide from your sibling because you don't want him to get it <laughs> and you know that's that's the brilliance of it because it kind of subverts uh the later category we're going to talk about the quiet place where halloween is for most of us a safe place right our parents are around yeah everyone's right. around you're in a costume you like of some random person you know i it's 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 such a safe and quiet place really that is inverted by just this dude and this amazing pseudo one-shot sequence Oh my god! And a uniquely American holiday too. Yes, I believe. Yeah. It's not the, the, even the rest of the Western world does not really celebrate Halloween. Uh, you know, except for our expats abroad, which I think is is maybe something that uh, the the directors and the producers need to grapple with on the back end. But um, yep. it just feels probably such like I I have just done halloween on a street that looked almost exactly like that and i think that's the problem yeah i I was basically in a cul-de-sac in rutland um rutland vermont which if anyone for listening don't go there you'll just get stabbed with needles um but back in the day (laughs) 
<laughs> um, yeah. Relatively safe place, uh, which again is what makes it so effective. Okay, so I I had both of those, but I want to narrow in on what makes those two things scary. And then I have a third option, which I don't think wins, but is worth talking about. So the first, let's go to the bus stop, the the bus crash. In specific, I want to narrow in on the decision to focus on a child with a gun investigating this crash. Incredible. Incredible. How old do you think he is? 12? He's 12. He's got to be like 12 because he's yeah. got, you know, he, he's just kind of growing. It looks like the gun doesn't look ridiculous in his hands. Right. Um, and in an interesting series of social commentary too beforehand kid just want i have i have that as well please (laughs) the kid just wants to go to dance class let him go dad just come on to all the young boys who were forced to go hunting against their will um (laughs) he just wants to dance let the man cook yeah let him cook let 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 those feet get hot and come on dad god unbelievable anyway so we follow this kid through his eyes. It's awful. I mean, it is spooky at first. I mean, you have all of the obviously white-garbed mental patients just walking around. You know, the dad goes away and he goes quiet. And you just know, you like your gut sinks. Again, the Tums. Just uh, got to take the Tums. Uh, and you know it's not going to go right as soon as he starts investigating. The cop on the ground, you know, that is what it's classic whatever. And then right. he walks into the bus and that's, I think, where we all think he's going to get it. Instead, he ends up shooting the doctor. Um, yeah, which I think is a surprisingly human moment for a 12-year-old boy who is wandering amidst inmates, uh, can't find his father, was told by a dying police officer to flee the scene, right? Yeah. Uh, and shoots the first thing that makes noise. That's that's. I know. think that's exactly what I would have done in his. Yeah, and right. as we find out later, he should have shot a little more towards the head region. Um, (laughs) yeah, um, but so then he gets strangled, um, and always check the back seat, always check the back Uh, seat. There's a lot of, uh, zombie rule, zombie land rules. I think that apply to this movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Always check the back seat. And two later on, don't get stingy with your bullets. Yeah. Just never get stingy with the bullets. Just unload. Just go. Yeah. Double tap, whatever you got to do. Right. So in a lot of horror movies, I think, you know, especially in the PG-13 era of horror movies, we wouldn't have seen that. It would have just been heavily implied, right. um, which is interesting. I have a soapbox about that later, too. Okay. Um, so second, um, obviously, we're going to go in chronological order, the gas station scene. Oh, man. Um, Unbelievably done. Oh, so well done, because you just see people dying in the background. You see a man just getting his head back so so well done and and you know the shit's gonna hit the fan um and they start with this or not start but it culminates in that sequence in the bathroom where she's just trying to take a shit piss whatever the hell she had to do and he he drops the teeth over the stall (laughs) he drops the teeth over the which is a power move i mean that is Wow. What a power move by Michael Myers. Definitely, definitely looking to pitch uh, 120 miles an hour here. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, Terrifying. Oh, so scary. But specifically, so that, that uh, again, the strangulations to me are so scary to watch, especially if they're well done. Right. 
Um, and you know, you know, when you see her eyes bulge and like that little vein mm-hmm. pop out, like that's when you know it's real. They decide not to show the rest of it. Um, but I still think that's worth mentioning, even though I don't think it's going to win. Yeah. Um, shout out to her podcast host who does try to help her. Yes. Yeah. Um, he wasn't an idiot and he didn't just like drive away. Yeah. They don't actually show his death. He sort of gets, he ends up, he obviously takes a few head blows and gets pushed into a corner. Um, he, he does clearly die, but, uh, that's another one that happens off screen. Uh, Michael has quite a body count in this. Oh film. yeah, he just racks it up. I mean, I think what they say he kills five people in the original film, something yeah, like I, that, right? I think I had fourteen in this film. Yeah, that sounds that sounds that sounds about right to me. Um, but yeah, so again, a just amazing focus on the brutality, which is something I think that horror movies are starting to not shy away from again. Like, yeah. really in the 70s and 80s, there was some really brutal, brutal shit. So it was, it was you know, really fucked up stuff there. Um, but my third and final sequence is obviously, as you said, the Halloween single shot sequence. We've talked enough about it, but I want to highlight where he looks at the baby. Yeah, he does pause on the baby and continues on. Yeah, which, again, I think that's where I was most horrified. Because to this point, they hadn't really refrained from showing anything. And you're like, are they just going to give, like, a quick little stab down in the cradle and, like, spurt out some blood? Like, what's going to happen here? And then ultimately, I think he decides it's not human enough to kill it. Because he he also let the little child from earlier, or from uh, later survive um yep uh he lets the granddaughter for the most part survive the back of the police car yep he doesn't actually pursue her through the forest yeah he kills the doctor in the front seat and then sort of moves on to the cops but it is interesting yeah well because it's a it's a stark split from the earlier 12 year old who was just brutally strangled i mean maybe maybe we're talking about like he had a gun and the baby and whatever aren't any threat, and humans are all all threats. I don't know. It's, Wasn't his first kill his uh, sister as well? A yeah, younger yeah, his like he was a teenage sister lady. because yeah. they were not afraid to show cleavage in full breastuses. So <laughs> you know, so obviously upper teenagers, I, I, teenage, right. I, was, I, I would think. Right. Um, <clears throat> but so anyway, I think we, we're in agreement. I, I would say the Halloween single shot wins by oh a landslide chilling it's, it's it's so good so well made and we could really use you know that in small doses i really think the single shot craze is a little out of hand sometimes but when it works it it really works <laughs> it works so well and yeah. honestly like if you were to start the movie at that point, I would stay riveted for at least 20 minutes afterwards. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a knockout punch right in the middle of the movie. Yeah, just just a just a gut shot. Um, so the next category in my trio of what makes a horror movie good um, is the or excuse me is the quiet place. So where do you feel safe? But obviously, no, you are not. Now we talked about the Halloween sequence, but I don't think that is you can't. Uh, add that to it because obviously Michael Myers is in the center of the scene. You never feel safe. Right. So right. which, what, what scenes did you feel a little safe? Obviously, but you knew you weren't. I have, I have 
three nominees for this for this one um and they're all excellent some of the best scenes in the movie um uh the first thank you for bringing up the gas station scene Mm. um because that i thought was my first nominee for this um because it is just a a mundane filling up the gas uh his his podcast host partner is going through her notes he's sort of just fiddling with the tank and then there's that excellent shot of a blurry figure in a white onesie walking across the back of the parking lot right so for 10 seconds you're like oh there must there's here's more here's more whatever exposition like this is what we're gonna see (laughs) oh good we explore these sort of true crime people again right there's the detective angle of this movie nope 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 nope. (laughs) gonna die (laughs) incredible um nomination two uh and and my personal mvp apart from jamie lee curtis is uh the babysitter oh yes Um, yes 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 again very mundane the child is hilarious he's my bro Um, i want to know him in real life oh incredible um you know just a pretty pretty basic back and forth with them she puts him to bed has her boyfriend over he's also sort of a comedic relief bit um dave uh, god damn it dave (laughs) rest in peace dave Dave. and uh my favorite line of the whole movie with the kid who yells yells out send dave up first (laughs) yeah Um, the good laugh out loud moment too i mean it was Uh, it's legitimately funny yeah, it's it's it was one of the first times that I felt I felt you know genuinely safe safe enough to laugh at least. Yes, uh, yeah, we were having a good time until the kid comes downstairs and tells you that somebody was looking in his door, and then it just <laughs> no, it just, why it doesn't end well, no. right? There's no way this could end well. Um, and then the third nominee, rather boring choice, but I think is is still important, is just the the house, the bunker. Mm. Oh, the, good the, choice, you know, right? You have you have this panic room that Jamie Lee Curtis has painstakingly constructed for for years and years, uh, and you know you feel pretty safe down there. Um, you know, they flip that on your own head after uh, becomes his sort of trap in the mm-hmm. in the prison. But you're supposed to feel safe in the house, and it doesn't really <laughs> really work out that well. Um, probably the best jump scare too, in my opinion, when he chokes out Jamie Lee Curtis through the door. Oh yeah, so good, so good. And I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis here just showing a lot of fight. This is it's part of. Part of what makes, uh, I think, a slasher horror movie good, like, when everyone's just being, like, just, like, dies and is being mowed down, I don't really think it creates any tension. But here, she's, she she can obviously fight back. She's got knives everywhere. She's got guns everywhere. I mean, she's got, uh, she's got an arsenal for, like, a half dozen, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. And inflicts the only real damage to Michael, which I would like to cover uh, later. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Jamie Lee Curtis, just cool hand luking it over here. Um, But uh, so, yeah, I I only had one addition to that. And it's the most mundane pick and will not win. But the first kitchen scene where uh, dad's got peanut butter on his penis. (laughs) 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 You know, uh, I think these... uh, 
these kitchen family scenes are everywhere in horror movies and that's why in the quiet you know or the quiet place is that's what they're for there it's you have to feel safe before you ever feel really in danger and the movies that are always balls to the wall just like i don't think they accomplish a whole lot besides maybe you know gross out moments right um, but I don't bring into sort of that torture porn esque at times. Right, right. Yeah, yeah the, the torture porn, which is something I'm going to soapbox at one point or another and how it's not horror. Um well that's one of my probably one of my hotter takes for some people, but we'll come back to that. <laughs> we'll circle back to that. Um so yeah, so I agree with everything you said. That being that being said, what 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 is your winner? Where where do you think is the actual quiet place? Uh, if I had to pick one, I would I would have said the babysitter scene because mm, it was I would the, agree. the most comedic moment of the film. Um, you know, I think I think there's a strong argument for the bunker. Obviously, it's pretty it's pretty jazzed up. And and who doesn't want a secret compartment under their island in their kitchen? Right? Oh, I, that's that's my entire life goal excellent choice um and and they obviously flip that very nicely into the trap and, and and that whole bit that we've discussed but but i do think um just the the the, the gentle calm banter back and forth the kid is so funny and she just you know puts him to bed invites the boyfriend it's such a basic scene but um goes downhill so quick a really classic scene in the slasher movies specifically probably halloween and friday the 13th yeah and you know uh, and they even make fun of themselves in it because she goes up right so the kid comes down and says gosh you know there's someone in the house and oh my god and and they're both like ah there's nobody here you know i'll go check your room and and she does this incredibly persuasive excuse me sir what are you doing in this house get out now right and uh and then sort of pops out and says ah ha ha i'm just kidding yeah it goes uh, on just long enough for the audience to make you think to, to think yeah. it's real too you're like wait is this really is right. this really and then, they, and then they really pull the carpet out from under you because he is in fact in that closet right because she did not do a clean sweep she said she did she did not do a clean sweep oh, man. not that would have helped anything fire. but for not coming out of that closet when she when she called him out, <laughs> oh, he's he's got to be you know there's got to be uh, some thought behind that. He's like, oh, I want to scare the shit out of this little kid because <laughs> he made the the conscious choice to not kill the kid, then to hide. Well, uh, so uh, I'm not sure if he would have killed the kid, but I think that she sort of sacrifices herself to get the kid out, yeah, um, and then fucking. You know, Dave comes up and tries to be a hero. Uh, you know, you know, good on you, Dave. Dave. Yeah, he... it's it's the right thing to do, right? But man, he he just walks right into it. There's uh, there's a zero percent chance of him winning. You know that from the start. It's a tough way to go for Dave. Yeah, I mean, and to Dave's credit, he incredibly lucid response after only having joints in his hand while we see him. True. <laughs> You know, and he, and he knocks the guy's motorcycle over. Come on, no, Dave, bad, bad move, Dave. Come on. <laughs> um, all right, so the the winner is the babysitter scene because I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I think it speaks a lot to the effectiveness of this movie that I that there are multiple places. I mean, in some horror movies, you have you have areas where you never feel safe. I mean, uh, you look at you the classic The Exorcist. I you know. There's one scene oh, once we finally do that movie where you might might feel safe. 
Um, the opening scene? Yeah, the, yes, the opening, <laughs> the open. Well, not the opening scene in the Middle right. East. The opening scene in the house. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> um, but this this movie really, I think, toys with our with our safety expectations, which is very effective. Um, so how do you how do you think the the pieces work together overall? Like how effective is it at making you scared? I know that personally, I'm usually not very I I, I find it difficult to succumb to the fear of a masked killer, um, which yeah. is you know part of the preference of horror movies. I think. So I I yeah I and I I really want to dig into that with you here. So I think one of the the tropes that works is sort of the, the final girl trope. Mm-hmm. That I think Classic actually job. does work here, and you know that's sort of on a technicality too, because it's it's technically you know, final it's final girls, girls <laughs> yeah, from the same bloodline, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I, but I think it, I think it actually does work because they're not damsels in distress. And shout out to mom who pretends to be terrified and then stone cold shoots him really face. convincingly. Yeah, she oh just cheek shots the shit out of him and just. Unbelievable. Uh, cold, cold but, stuff. Uh, man, I wish she was, you know, two inches to the right, and maybe, maybe we wouldn't be here. But, um, you know, it just, just, I think it actually works for this. And Jamie Lee Curtis, as we've talked about, is incredible in this film. And so I don't, I don't oh, just an in, incredible actress. I mean, her. Yeah. I, so I want to split the, uh, the sort of silent killer trope with you into two parts. Okay. Here. Because I think the silent killer in and of itself, the, the literal silent killer trope works for mm-hmm. Michael just because it's such a huge component of his character. I mean, yeah. the entire Doctor's arc is just him trying to get Michael to speak, which he does not do, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that actually really works. He, he, he just stands there menacingly <laughs> until he decides <laughs> to kill you. Um, which, you know... 99% of the time he he picks the kill button um, <laughs> almost yeah just just slams that shit like the uh, that was easy right <laughs> um, the trope that i get frustrated with is sort of his uh, the superman esque mm-hmm. michael all right um, yeah so let's uh so the next two categories deal with exactly this right so let's uh let's 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 announce them and then we can we can go have a full on discussion about both so the two categories are hashtag trending which which horror trope do you think works and the other one is hashtag canceled which one do you think does not work um and these these hashtags are tongue-in-cheek do not use them if i ever happen to use twitter and i see you using them in regards to a horror movie i will find you um it's 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 sarcastic and and satirical please don't engage in that um but so anyway uh so continue knowing that we're talking about these two things so we talked about we talked about what I thought worked. I thought those those two tropes yep. actually work fairly well. Yep. Uh, I would be curious to hear your list of what what you agree works well in this film because I think a lot of it works about as well as it can. Frankly, I agree. Um, so definitely, the one I thought worked is the faceless silent killer. I mean, this is this is a trope that when it when it works is so so effective. I mean, because you can't comprehend a silent, faceless killer. Um, there's nothing there to 
to humanize, really, even though we try. There's nothing there to not be afraid of because, as you said, the and then often what comes with it is the Superman faceless killer, um, which is a uh, which is a different combination. Yeah, unstoppable evil, which I think separately those things work very, very well together. When you combine them, sometimes it's not so effective. Um, But I think in the case of Michael Myers, it works because we don't... There's obviously something ethereal to him, right? There's something otherworldly, even though we think he's just a man and obviously he was kept behind bars for 40 years. If you're anything more than a man, that obviously wouldn't work. Um, but he's got something inscrutable about him, which is then unstoppable, uh, which I think in this case works fantastically well. I think it works very well. It's it 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 sort of rears into frustration for me at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think simply because you know a, a good portion of his body count, he's he's killing teenagers yeah and when you sort of pit the unstoppable evil against unarmed teenagers it's a little frustrating right it's a it's a little over the top yeah it's a little over the top but i think i think they rein it in just enough to to make it to make it worthwhile but but i have these notes down for for michael so he is at minimum 61 years old yes right so in the in the setting of the first film i think he's uh 21 give or take yes yeah, uh, and it's and it's been at least 40 years since then so well so it was it was right? so it was 1968 that he killed his sister and he was yeah, six years old five or six, so right. he's like so he's like what's that 18 then 18 to right. 21 somewhere in there right. you're right yeah right so you know <sighs> He gets um, he gets his fingers blown off. Jamie Oof. Lee Curtis, uh, JLC shoots him in the shoulder mm-hmm. earlier than that. He gets hit by a car. He survives the bus crash. They shoot him in the jaw, and he gets cut on the arm, hands by the granddaughter a few times. He he endures, and then not to mention he survives the burning house uh in the basement so (laughs) it's a pretty amazing amount of punishment that he goes through all in the same 24 hour span yeah without without uttering a peep by the way right um he he has a couple angry grunts Mm -hmm. he's a He's a, he's a pain grunt, I guess, is about the only noise we get out of Michael. He doesn't even have a satisfaction grunt. He's the, yeah, he's just the pain grunt. Uh, yeah. So that, you know, so so that bit, um, man, it can be frustrating at times where it's like, how, how the heck do we get rid of this dude? But, you know, that's how the franchise prints money. So what are you going to do? Right, I mean, right, yeah. Just kill him off. <laughs> no, you can't, because otherwise, well, then you get the mistakes of uh, which... Wasn't there a Halloween where supernatural forces were involved and it confused the shit out of everyone um, because it's supposed to be about a killer and whatever? Um, right. The Halloween I mean, is a long and storied franchise of deeply, right. deeply fucked choices. Right. I mean, and that's how I think Scream, frankly, was so successful. Oh, because yeah. They finally kill the one Scream and oh, it's two. which is which is a great reveal and sorry for spoiling scream uh 25 years later but um you know they can't do that here so this is as close as they can get and he only really flinches when jlc shoots his fingers off and he sort of 
uses that arm a little less. Mm-hmm. That yeah, and, and also she shoots him in the shoulder with what has to be a three fifty seven. Um, yeah, you you're yeah. not lifting your arm. You might bleed out um, in the time. I mean, there's there's definitely something extra about him, um, right. which is uh, whatever. But point. yeah, yeah, which is which is which is the point and what kind of makes him so scary. Unstoppable evil and faceless killer effective tropes for sure. Um, I have a problem in this movie and other movies of the people who let evil escape or exist because they want to study it or document it. Uh, I, I, I love this take. This was on my list as well. This is, this is so horrible. So if you had only allowed, if you only put the doctor on the bus, right. Right. And then you see him after he gets shot and let's say he just bleeds out and dies. Sure. Then what changes in the movie after that? Well, the cop somehow manages to capture or about to kill uh, the unstoppable evil force of Michael Myers, right? One of only two people besides JLC that I feel safe with throughout the entire Yeah, movie. Yes, yes, agreed. <laughs> He's, He's the only person I trust. <laughs> um, and the only reason he dies is because of this doctor, right? Now, now, he refused to kill Michael once, so we know it's in his character to not kill Michael, right? So, who's to say that he wouldn't just have fucking packed Michael up in the back of his car, put the girl in the passenger seat, and then Michael does unstoppable evil killer things and takes him out from the back seat, right? This, you know, I think they thought that this too was a trope. You know, the evil killer getting killed, and they, they didn't want to pile too many up on us at once. Out, but he's actually faking it. Yeah. Or recovers incredibly quickly and surprises everyone, right? Yeah. Right. But instead, we have this insane amount of cynicism added to the movie. Um, the, you know, which leads, in my opinion, to a longstanding fear of intellectuals. Like, we're, we're they're all willing to do insane things to accomplish their goals. Um, which. <laughs> Doctor is is was low on my list too. I I, I hate it so much. Um, I I it it really it really bothers me. Um, because I think it's lazy writing too. Like you build in when you build in a Deus Ex Machina to save your killer. Just you know, just let him be unstoppable and evil. You don't need to have another human justify his survival, as we saw in the final sequence when he was not in the flaming basement anymore. I, like we don't need to justify it. You're just like, oh yeah, Michael Myers totally could have escaped the concrete foundation. Whatever, um, really makes me angry, and it and it uh, ruins like an otherwise pretty well tightly written movie. Well, and you know, I think <laughs> if we're gonna expand on a, a somewhat boring logistical point, <laughs> why is there only one doctor that gets to vote on whether Michael Myers is is fit to? you know continue or not his previous doctor did everything in his power to kill this man (laughs) decided that he is you know just evil taken physical form also why is the doctor allowed on the fucking prison bus ain't nobody allowed on the goddamn prison bus why does he need to supervise a basic prisoner trans transplant like you know that is effectively what's happening here no they're just moving 
the prisoners. Yeah, they're, to... they're just moving them, and he's no right. longer in charge of them. And he uses this dumb excuse, oh, he's under my care until he's not. And it's like, well, right. as soon as he gets on the bus, he's not, so fuck off, dude. Right. Um, I, I, I will always approve of intellectual curiosity, but not at the detriment of murdering people. Yeah, let's just see what he feels when he kills people. <laughs> yeah, I just want to know what his motivations are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, let, let me break it to you, Doc. Uh, you don't need to know because he just wants to kill you. Right. I do. That was the one moment of satisfaction, right? As he immediately kills the doc. <laughs> yeah, the first chance he gets. <laughs> just murderizes him. Uh, <laughs> Cadaverific. Uh, okay. <laughs> so my second trope, which I, you know, I... It changes per movie, and I don't think that it's necessarily poorly done here, but it's something that I want to engage with and maybe for later episodes break down. But children being killed for the pure shock value. Um, this is something that a lot of, especially more, you know, uh, let's say titillating horror movies will do, is they will kill a child to show they aren't fucking around. Or the child will be the subject of possession, whatever. Um, and I don't think, I don't think it's a good trope to have in the genre because if you play on the basic fear of like, oh, our children shouldn't die, you're not. It's low hanging fruit. Like you're you're stepping on the crab apple in the road here. It's an easy way to to go from zero to a hundred, yeah. right? You no. just you you can skip all the other steps in between. Oh, he's killed a child. That's it. There's no other redemption arc that can happen here, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, so again, I think it was actually well done in this movie because the kid was armed. He, he showed he's known how to use it. You know, it just kind of. But had I don't know. Had was he just like sitting in the seat, scared, and like Michael busts through the window and chokes him right there. I th- yeah, yeah, he gets back in and, and tries to start the car, and yeah. Michael just reaches around the headrest. I yeah, yes, but if he had stayed in the car, you know, and he had just killed him, even though he had no part in anything, and Michael clearly just walks places. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> let's miles. Who knows how far he travels? I mean, well, when you're determined, I mean, what does he eat? That's a lot of calories at the end of the day, you know? What, what is what is his serial killer diet look like? I assume it's more than just the the gruel with some molasses on it from the. We didn't get the the uh, the scene where he pours gunpowder into his bullet wound and you know lights it or yeah. lets the maggots eat away. Yes, and, yeah, and, yes, and yes. Helps, you know, dresses himself. So. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Without that, without that helpful context, how are we to know? How are we to know? We cannot know. Um, so th- those are the two that I really dislike. Did you? Did you see any other tropes that you didn't like? I mean, this is a very uh, kooky cutter horror movie, if effective. So there's probably more that we missed. Yeah, I mean, uh, those were those were the main ones that I had as well. I, I don't have anything else to add here, though. You know, we could certainly talk about. Uh, just you know the effectiveness of a of a basic kitchen knife as the most deadly weapon the signature weapon yeah somehow everyone's kitchen knives are extremely well sharpened yeah well done um yeah i you know you gotta take care of your chicken knives you know i don't know like your your steak knives like at least i i have never seen in a horror movie where someone uses a steak knife and then uses it to grind on someone but 
I guess maybe I haven't gone far enough. I've seen saws. Seen lots He's of saws. No fuss guy. <laughs> yeah, just the He's simple just, stuff. Just out there getting the job done. I mean. So. You know, in the first thing he sees is a hammer, and he's like, yeah, this is me. In an entire shed. He doesn't go look around. <laughs> he's just like, this is me. And then he sees the knife, and he's like, ah, the classic killing accoutrement. Thank you. <laughs> you know? It's been so long since I've held this thing in my hand. Um, Do you think they let him use knives in the asylum? Like, where... No, I mean, they I would hope just sporks. Even then, I would be surprised if he didn't have some murders on his resume <laughs> via just the, the shrapnels of the spork. You know, I mean, he's a creative Wild dude. Badge. Yeah, I mean, if anyone's going to learn how to make a devastating prison shank, it would be Michael. It would be Michael for sure. And I mean, look, the man is strong enough to move a uh, island that sounds very heavy i assume is moved by gears so he's counteracting the gears and said he just lifts that shit up i mean he just throws it on the side i mean after dry humping oh, it a little yeah. bit but flips <laughs> it over incredible incredible stuff by our man michael myers um, I thought he was going to find the sort of button or the or the lever, whatever it was, that mm-hmm. activated it. Nope, don't nope, need just, it. Just don't need it. Over. Just by the power of my hips and my biceps alone. With, you know, two fingers and a gunshot wound. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I'm just going to lift this up. This is nothing. Let's go. Determined. Determined. So, <laughs> human willpower at work. <laughs> at work, obviously. Oh, man, good stuff. So, that brings us to our next uh, category, the Drew Barrymore Award. What is the worst decision a character makes, in your opinion? This one is a runaway for me, um, and that's a play on words because the father of the boy doesn't just drive his car away and i'm gonna say this to any inmates that escape i will drive down any number of inmates in a row if i come across an accident a prison accident with my young son in the car i am not stopping for fucking anything yeah i'm two miles away at the least that they wouldn't even see us go by yeah there's no way i'm stopping and letting my kid sit in a car and it's incredible scenery where there's just you know a dozen men just sort of aimlessly meandering around the road in their prison onesies it is so obviously a prison van right it has the correctional facility all over the side they have they're in clear prison attire right (laughs) there is no way i'm even slowing down on that stretch of road no way not even close that's the worst decision by far uh i wanted to nominate dave for going upstairs and, and getting quickly bodied by michael but He's trying to do the right thing, so I thought it was rude to uh, to go up there. I, and I thought the father trying investigating the cop car outside mm-hmm. was pretty mm-hmm. stupid and unresponsive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, police you know vehicle. what's going on if it's if there's a police vehicle with no police in it. Um, they get let in by the gate. You know, is there, not a, is there not a gate system that's remote operated? How do they just get down the driveway? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's that's probably an unanswerable question. Um, it doesn't matter. Doesn't irrelevant. Sorry. Michael would have got in regardless. Yeah. Oh, good. All right. So let me let me introduce a couple of uh, 
tertiary please. options. Yes, please. Allison doesn't grab her cell phone from the goddamn pudding. <laughs> Power move. Uh, and, and really the icing on the pudding that gets the boyfriend absolutely dumped. Yeah, right so fast. But Just... my reaction when I drop my phone into anything is instantaneous doesn't matter who put it there doesn't matter where it dropped from i will be 25 feet across the room if my phone drops into anything vaguely liquid or gelatin based i'm going to grab it immediately that's either reasonable (laughs) (laughs) um yeah she makes some you know and it's and it's the horror movie to let the sort of basic life choices like taking a shortcut across your neighbor's lawn to fuck, yeah, to, to, to fuck your life <laughs> yeah yeah sideways quick yeah um, uh kill a kill of the year uh to michael myers for lifting the fat kid over the fence and oof. putting his just rough stuff so do you throw the beers at him like what's your defense oh i'm definitely there? chucking the beers at him um for sure and then i'm not standing on the fence yelling for help i'm going over the fence is anyone home in this neighborhood? There are so many screams and pleas for help, and nobody even turns a light on outside. <laughs> not even, yeah, not even close. Just the automatic light, which, by the way, great sequence, great sequence with the automatic light on and off. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, and we saw just hours, maybe an hour ago, that that neighborhood was booming with kids. Right. I mean. You know, what, what time do high school dances get out these days? So, uh, 10, 11? 10 was the latest I remember. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's just, I guess, questionable decision. Maybe maybe the neighborhood belongs in this in this category for not calling the fucking cops. Yeah, maybe they've got, uh, you know, some, some noise legislation out. You really shouldn't be, shouldn't be up after 10. Maybe, who knows? Who knows? maybe they were watching horror flu films at home. I oh, and they, they just assumed it was the neighbor with a really loud right. stare. God damn it, Dave. <laughs> um, so, so then my, the other one uh, is on the sheriff who, or the sheriff's deputy. He's not the actual uh-huh. sheriff. He he doesn't now he doesn't undo the child locks in his in 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 the back door of his cruiser which is possible. Those yeah. aren't always that's like a thing in movies where people think that those are just immovable objects. Right. Um but you can in fact undo the ability for the car to just lock like cop cars unless specially made from a they're just cars modded with with lights and sirens. Right. And a radio. Like, that's it. There's nothing special about them. So there's no reason for him to be like, oh, hey, we're, um, you know, there's a serial killer out here. Like, I want the doors locked, yes, but here's the ability for you to get out. You can, like, you, you would think that would have been the first thing he did, um, which... I was incredibly anxious uh, for Allison just being trapped in the backseat of a car mm. with Michael Myers' unconscious body. Oh, and he's bleeding all over the place. Right. And he breathes very heavily. All the time. All, just all the time. Mask he's just no <laughs> just heaving through his nose somehow. I don't know how he does it. It's incredible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I agree. The winner is the, the dad with the kid not just driving away. It's, yeah, just just the wrong play there. You knew it was going to go south. Um, 
even as they came around the corner. They didn't even need to slow down. You can call 911 as you're driving. That's okay. Yep. Your boy can do it. He actually tells the son to make the call. Yep. Um, just, just horrible. Just, just horrible. Hor- horrible decisions. Horrible. A great scene. Bad decision. All right. So our next, next award is the Patrick Wilson Award. Who makes the best decision? I I think I'm this is a landslide, but I've gone first every time. So I would like I, I wanna I wanna be gracious and offer you okay. right. the chance to take this. So despite it resulting in two divorces, in alienating her daughter and her granddaughter, okay. Lori prepping her whole goddamn life to kill Michael Myers. I think is the best decision a character makes. Big payoff at the end. Big for... payoff for our girl Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie. Yeah. Oh, I, I, there's nothing I can say that will top that. Um, I can only add that uh, I was, I was pretty, again, pretty anxious. Um, Michael is is rattling the kitchen counter. Oh, and yeah. Neither the mom or the granddaughter have a weapon. Yeah. Despite an arsenal being like right behind <laughs> two them. feet behind them, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, hey, maybe one of you ought to, you know, figure something out here. Mom eventually does pick up her trusty old. I assume it's a two forty three if it's you know yeah. for you know. <laughs> um, you know, and, and and does make a does make a crack shot on Michael that she goads him into. But um, I was I was pretty nervous there. Uh, the lights on the trees and on the house. Mm. Excellent yeah. choice. Yes, you just um, the prep, man. The doomsday prep here. So well done. And the best part is when Jamie Lee Curtis SWAT team style clearing rooms and drops the cages down. Oh um, yeah, good. Oh great shit. Just my only question was, she determines he goes upstairs. Pretty obvious by his blood trail. Um, apparently he carries dad's dead body and stuffs him in a closet yeah power move again michael myers lots of power moves lots of power Um, moves why don't we just close the upstairs with a cage and just light the fucking house are are we assuming that he could jump out a window or something yeah i guess i guess you wanted him in the fiery casket so to speak which is fair um oh this reminds me uh another sub sub bad choices um fucking mannequins in your goddamn house Oh my god, why? I, like, <laughs> can we tuck those somewhere else? Yeah, like, why does it have to be? Wasn't it in her fucking bedroom? In a bedroom? <laughs> like, yeah. like, is that, do you sleep with that? Like, is that for her to always be on? Yeah. Like, oh my god. And also, noticeable, like, dick outlines, too, on these yeah. mannequins. Did you notice she, that? She lives alone, and nobody likes or talks to her so you know, maybe she she talks to the mannequins i you know i'm trying to help her out here but just it could not be a creepier bedroom that you would live in every day by yourself i assume that it's for her to always be on edge um and always be aware maybe she practices clearing the house and <laughs> i was gonna say does she just have a revolver under her pillow and every morning she wakes up and it's boom 
Oh, that would have been amazing. I <laughs> like there has to be a reason behind them, and I just don't see it. It's scary. It's terrifying, and it also gives a convenient human-shaped object for Michael Myers to hide behind. It does, and and you know they do it pretty well because he could just jump out the first time she whips a flashlight across it, right? Oh yeah. No. And she goes back and forth. It's it's the mannequins, the closet mannequin closet closet mannequin oh my god he's in here somewhere <laughs> and then you know as soon as she sort of stressfully clears the closet hello uh son-in-law um <laughs> and then he pops out of the mannequins wow and i think that's the fastest he moves in the whole movie. oh yeah he was definitely moving with a purpose he saw laurie yeah he, yeah, he doesn't even try to dodge the, the SUV when the cop runs him over on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, fuck <laughs> that. <laughs> he's like, you know what, I got this. <laughs> but then when he sees our girl, he, he, he dashes for her. Next thing you know, he's Tyreek Hill. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it, and just shanks her and throws her off the balcony. Brutal shit. Brutal. And, you know, I thought at that point, she, like... I thought she was done. I mean, that's, yeah, uh, that's right. she's, she's an old woman by that point. Is that the passing of the torch moment yeah. where the daughter has to rise up out of the basement, guns blazing? Yeah, just with two AK-47s in either hand, you know? Um, <laughs> and a machete between her teeth. Yeah, just ready to go. Uh, yeah, that would have been a great, you know, I assume that it's going to happen in the next movie, which I think it's called Halloween Kills. There's two uh, more coming uh, out. Halloween, yeah, there's Halloween yeah. Kills and Halloween Legacy, right? Yeah. And was Halloween Kills postponed because of COVID? I don't... I believe it was supposed to come out last year. It's uh. now coming out this year. And I think then the next one is coming out the year after. So we're getting uh. two more. I'm excited for that. I mean, if we, can, if we can keep this solid style, I think they're going to do well. Um, we've seen that, in fact, you know expanded universes in horror movies can exist thanks to the conjuring franchise true um you know no one's really quite done it yet i mean there's a couple so there's a there's a couple of movies called hell house um which do the sequel thing really well really low budget movie but it's 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 good uh vhs works i think um in vhs2 the next movie's not so good uh but yeah i so i I'm excited for those next two movies, which is more than I can say for most sequels to slasher movies. I mean, you know, you saw the first Saw, and you're like, oh, I get it. <laughs> and then they're like, hey, what about 12 more? <laughs> and, yeah. and you're like, nah, nah, dude. And then same thing happened with uh, The Perch. You know, the, the first movie was good, you know? And then they're like, what if it was just an action franchise? Yeah, it's fun when it's that first fresh novel idea, yeah. right? But then, uh, you know, and I think that's what's difficult because Halloween pretty much starts the slasher genre, right? I mean, uh, yeah, all but all but I mean, uh, you know, there's uh oh geez, I'm blanking uh, Alfred Hitchcock there. Um, true. Yeah, right, uh, right. Psycho. Right, Psycho. So maybe yeah. the the silent killer slasher. Um, and you know, I think it's it's done about as well as as you can do that now, given how many things have copied this style. Yeah, and there's I think there's a lot to be said because there's a lot of uh, numbness to this kind of stuff, thanks to the torture porn that we saw in the 2000s and early 2010s. 
which is a rough, rough, rough sign for the horror genre there for a while that Hostel was the big, the big name. Um, the Hills, yeah, just, just, I mean, you know, there's a, there's a place for gross out horror, which I have multiple of those on my list. Oh, I'm sure you'll cover those for the listeners. <laughs> I might have to do Hostel and Jigsaw, or not Jigsaw, Jesus Christ, um, Hostel and Saw, just, just cause, um, but that's going to be far down on the list. Don't look forward to that anytime soon, because I have some real derision and uh, scorn for these movies. Uh, but anyway, so Lori prepping her whole life, we both agree, just the best decision in the movie by yeah. far. Yeah. Um, so now that we've gone over everything, what out of 14 corpses would you give this movie? Out of 14 corpses? Yeah. Um, How many corpses out of 14? Probably twelve. Ooh, um, ooh. I, th- I, you know, I think it's, I think it, for me, it's sort of that uh, B plus A minus range of a of a movie. And and personally, I think because the slasher style is so saturated, I think that that it probably has a ceiling of an A minus for me. There's only so much of a twist you can put on indestructible angry man with knife right right um and i think it it executes that about as well as it's as it as it can um given the the fact that they just retcon a dozen uh (laughs) (laughs) just start fresh so i i think it's i think it's very well done i love the sort of simplicity there's not it's not too far-fetched uh you know most of it makes pretty good sense and i think that's part of what's so chilling about it i agree i'm i was i'm right about 11 out of 14 which is not a serious deviation but i do take points off for the the slasher trope um because again it's it's probably the easiest of the horror movies to make um you know you just it's cheap you just $10 need some dollar budget for a yeah. uh, big return. Yeah, the the $10 million budget is blows my mind actually when you see this movie. And the prosthetics also are so good in this movie. Oh, yeah. Great um great makeup department. I mean, it, it it's uh, you're right. It is as well done as it gets and without really elevating and changing something about the genre, they don't get any better than this. Right. Um and I mean, when was the last time you saw a slasher movie that really changed something? Probably since you saw the original Halloween, I don't know. Like, and we're not even. Yeah, or maybe Scream, where it does two, two, boom, double the slashers. (laughs) Double the slashers, yeah, Um, and and they managed to mix in like comedy and satire with it as well, while it's still like pretty scary. I mean, that mask in Scream is iconic and horrifying. Yeah, yeah. So if we've got two sequels coming out, so what could they do? to make those sequels a 14 for you is there anything oh all right so first um i think it's going to happen anyways but laurie has to die there has to be an actual passing of the torch man that's gonna be a hell of a scene and it has to be as fucking nasty as it gets um second they have to bring an so in order for it to be for it, I think, and this is my personal taste, I think they the cinematography in this movie was fantastic for what it was. Steady camera direction, all the right angles. They have to elevate it just a little bit more. The script has to be a little tighter. 
Um, again, this is asking for a lot. I mean, you're asking for a perfect horror movie. Um, so everything I'm going to say is going to seem like, and note that 11 out of 14 is quite good for me. I mean, that's, you know, over <laughs> whatever. I'm not going to do the yeah, math right now. 85. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It's a really yeah. good score. So don't take this to mean that I don't like the movie. Um, but we could also, if we could get, instead of just the, the complete creep and chill and thrill, if we could get literal scream out loud moments. And I think if you have that once, that elevates the movie to something completely different. That's fair. If you, because if you make me scream, like you have done something that is insane. I mean, so I remember the first time that I really like got horrified at a movie was actually uh, The Conjuring when Bathsheba is up on top of that dresser. Oh, sweet Jesus. Yeah. 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 Horrifying shit. Just so, I mean, that's, that's, you know, recent. And then afterwards, obviously there's all kinds of things ever since I've gotten more into horror movies, but it needs that one moment where you, you physically want to scream. Like if you, I'm sorry, please continue. If you, if you were in a dark room, what is the scene you think of that makes you not want to sleep? Now this movie doesn't have that, but it still makes me scared. So like, there's a dichotomy here. Like, if I lay down and for whatever reason I think of horror movies, what are the scenes I don't want to think of? Um, uh, the little girl's head turning around in The Exorcist. Um, Bathsheba on top of the dresser. Um, the mother hitting her head up on uh, the, the, the ceiling in Hereditary, right? Um, you know, these are the scenes that you're just like, okay, no, 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 no. Don't think about that. Stop, stop, <laughs> stop, stop, stop. I need to go to sleep. Um, it needs that scene for it to really be elevated for me. Can I interest you in a devastating scene okay. rather than a panic scene? Okay. And and by what what I mean by that is is that a scene not unlike the scene in the quiet place where the young boy puts the batteries in his toy. Oh my god! Oh, so horrible. And you're just and it's not necessarily a, a a horrifying scene where you're like, Oh my god, I'm so scared where you're just like, Holy shit, this is a devastating moment. Yeah. That's fair. No, that's that's so I that I made an audible noise when the boy got, got right. yoinked up by something that right. we didn't know what it was. Right. I did make an audible oh. uh, Yeah. That's a good point. So yeah, so either devastating or absolutely horrifying. Um, and not too many of these moments. You can't have more than one or two. Yeah. You can't. And if you go in for two, you've got to nail it like The Conjuring does. Because you got the clap scene and you got the Bathsheba scene. And well, they crank it up to 11 for the Bathsheba scene. That's true. So. <laughs> that's, that's true. They, they really do crank it up um, with a zoom. And the was there a tongue flicking, I think? There's a, um, there's a lot of, of snake there's a yeah. lot. There's a lot going on there. Um, but you've got to, you got to really, and we're going to talk about the conjuring too. That's not that I think that the conjuring is a 10 out of 10, but I'm using it as an example of what could make Halloween a better movie. Um, and I, I have high hopes for it. I do. Um, I have concerns that further funding is going to hurt it rather than help it. Yeah. Um, which that is a study I'd like to do at some point and we'll chart the funding of a movie to its actual score and see yeah. what happens. Um, because I think high budget horror movies largely do not work. I'm trying to th- even think of what the highest budget horror movie might have been. Um, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna take a guess and say it too. Yeah, that you're probably right. You're probably which right. ended up being a really bad movie. It's not good. Well, versus something like uh, the first Paranormal Activity. Oh, yeah, I mean, see that that's it's it's a great example because Paranormal no Activity. It, you know, granted, it wasn't. It just was. A, it was a master class in. Uh, in the milieu, you know, just right. aura building of the movie. Right. Where, in, you know, uh, par- or not paranormal, uh, uh, yeah. the Blair Witch Project. The Blair Witch, you know, it, yeah. very low budget. It was a, it's still a fantastic movie and it's still scary, even if right. you know what's going on. Right. Um, I mean, these, the, the examples of horror movies that are really good with low budget are just, they're, they're, it's endless, basically. Whereas the high-budget horror movies often don't work. The Conjuring is probably another... The sequels, I would be interested to see what the newest sequel costs for them to make with Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga involved. Yeah, I think I think there could be a lot said by someone smarter than I about why it's easier to do an indie horror film than it is to do... Or I should say a successful indie horror film rather than a successful indie action flick or, uh, you know. Yeah, if I were to take a guess, it would have to be bloated scripts and too many people with their hands in the pot. Right. Um, It would be what I would guess. But again, that would be a fascinating case study. And Um, unlike a cheap drama, you don't have to have good writing. (laughs) You do not have to have, you never have to have good writing. In fact, some of the best horror movies have the worst writing you've ever seen in your life. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, when when a character goes, when a character goes, so, tell me more. And you're like, oh, God. (laughs) Oh, please, no. This is not Martin Scorsese here. Can we? Yeah, there's... Yeah, we can certainly get into that. Hopefully, we cover several of those actually bad movies. Oh, we are definitely going to. But anyway, do you have any closing comments about the movie before we uh, we leave for the night? No, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis wins the movie, uh, and Michael easily. Myers' legacy is restored and continued. Yes, so. which is impressive for a modern movie to successfully resurrect an old series success i mean really well the alien tried to do it didn't do it um anything involved with jason just didn't do it um budget michael (laughs) (laughs) just no no just none of it worked i mean (laughs) none of it worked this one does so congratulations um to everyone who made the movie you made a fantastic movie and that will just about do it so again, thank you for everyone who listened. Um, I am Alex Vincent, and today we had Andrew, which I hope you'll be back. I assume you'll be back. If not, I'll force you. I hope so. It depends on what movies we're watching, though. Oh, I, I try well, to pinch it a little bit. Well, I, I try to make my uh, fellow commentators and viewers a little uncomfortable, so <laughs> we'll see. But anyway, have a good night. Thank you for everyone who listens, and uh, I hope you keep watching horror movies. <laughs>